Welcome to Tool Talk, the weekly podcast for Toolaholics, where all your DIY, home improvement, automotive, and tool-related questions are answered, and your need, physical need to talk tools is completely served. And now, the host of Tool Talk, Chuck Cage and Sean O'Hara from Toolmonger.com, the web's first tool blog. Hi, I'm Chuck. I'm Sean. And welcome to Tool Talk, podcast number 42. Today is Friday, August 15, 2008. If you'd like to give us a call, you can actually call us at 866-718-9403. That's 866-718-9403. You can also email us at ckage, that's C-C-A-G-E, or S-O-H-A-R-A, S-O-H-A-R-A, at toolmonger.com. And uh, this is going to be a fun podcast. Hope so. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, so much going on this week. It was a crazy week. Uh, yeah, crazy couple, actually. <laughs> um, so do you want to jump right into the top five, or you want to hit uh, something else can, first? No, we can do that. Uh, well, the first on the top five, or going from bottom to top, was uh, the Televator, which... Uh, what the hell is the Televator? Well, yeah, that's kind of the <laughs> what, what I said when I first saw it. Basically, uh, it's it's to replace or or be instead of... The old style attic access, you know, the the old fold down type with the wooden ladder and, and you know, it folds down. What do you it's mean like, old? I have one of those. Yeah, well, me too. And uh, if you don't have a whole lot of space, like uh, let's say you're in a small apartment or you're, you want to put the attic access in a small closet or something like that, this is a 22 by 24 door that fold, folds down and you have a retractable uh, ladder. So it's uh, like an aluminum, aluminum ladder. ladder. Yeah, that, that just kind of folds down or, I you know, uh, actually slides down. And I think it's up to 12 feet and it rests on the ground. So it gives you a lot more, I guess, flexibility as far as how much room you have at the top of your ceiling to put it in. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. The one I have is, you know, the good old standard crappy one. Oh, yeah, the fold down rickety. Go- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it holds me and I'm a fat ass. So if it holds me... <laughs> What's the weight limit on this one, by the way? Do you know? A uh, couple hundred pounds, more than, more than, uh, more so or less as than much, me is what than, we're saying. Yeah, I mean it's it's fine. You know? No, you mean I? It's I could climb this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could make it up and down with a load, which let's face it, that's pretty much what you do. When yeah, you're I mean, in what the, the hell's the going? point of just climbing up it? I mean, you always have something. Yeah, well, you're unless you're going up there, there to, to you know check your. Hang around. You know, yeah, exactly. Sit I'd like sweat. to sit in a sweat box for <laughs> you know, a while. I was thinking I could save some bucks on the sauna by just sitting in mine. I went up there to change the AC filter. <laughs> I don't want to get any hear any crap from you. Yes, I changed my AC filter. And I went up there, and uh, I bet it was 150 degrees up there. I bet you could bake a cake. It might take a while, <laughs> but you could do it. I, I have no doubt. So, yeah, I mean, there's no real reason to go up there as far as I'm concerned unless you're either A, you have that of course, I don't have to go up in the attic to change my filter, but you suck. Uh, yeah, I know. But uh, uh, it, other than bringing stuff up there, there's and or something's broken doing rent, routine maintenance <laughs> or something. There's really no reason to go up there. So there's no real reason to have like a four foot hole in your ceiling to try and get up there, <laughs> like I do. Yeah. Yeah. The only uh, downside to this is if it's a real small access and you're trying to put, say, I don't know, a Christmas tree. <laughs> up there <laughs> this this may be a problem for you don't but if it's just a small attic access or you you want something in a specific place like i don't know by a hot water heater or by a furnace and this is yeah, just to, to do this i could is, totally see this that. is a total good idea totally buying it yeah so it's not like you know a thing that raises your tv out of the end of the bed right you know that's what i was hoping it was <laughs> You know, like the Osbournes where it rotates around and oh, everything? Yeah, yeah not, not so much with that. A little less boring. Yeah, well. You know. Well, number four is feel free to bump your head. Yeah, this is, and the first time I saw it, I'm like, what is this, like skull caps for short bus riders? But it's uh, it's not that way. Actually, it's it's a decent idea. Um, They're not like OSHA helmets or, or, you know, something like that, but they are... If you're, and the way I took it is if you're crawling around, like, I don't know, underneath your house in a crawl space or something like that, which if you've ever done that, you wind up whacking your head a bunch of times. It's yeah. sort of like a head bumper. Um, you put it on, <laughs> and, you know, and <laughs> instead of going whack, son of a, you know, and, and cursing a bunch, you just go whack and go, maybe I should put my head lower. Uh, something like that. A good, you know, good way to 
do things. Right. I and guess. they're fairly inexpensive. They're a couple bucks and, and it's so not they're too like throw away. Yeah, basically. You know, they're cheap they're a lot cheaper than a than a, a hard hat or a helmet and they uh they come in many different colors, but the I mean, you probably don't want to wander around all the time using it because people are going to start calling you crash or something. But um, do you look like a complete jackass wearing them? No. Well, that's good. No, they look they look basically like regular helmets or regular hard hats. They're just a little smaller and cushier. That's nice. All. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. So it's not too bad. So what's a shovel with a spoon? <laughs> uh, number three, shovel with a spoon. Basically, these things look like. Uh, if you ever remember those old cafeteria spoons, by the time you got to them, there was always that, that one left in the little tray that somebody had used as a catapult food <laughs> deal. You know, they look kind of like that. They're bent. They they look weird and everything. But the deal is, if you're ever digging with, like, say, and, and Ben brought this up, I think, um, if you're ever digging with something like a post hole digger and you run into, like, muddy water clay sandish type stuff which you often do thin enough that it will not come out with the post hole digger right that's what this is for um it's got kind of a, a weird shaped scoop on the bottom of it and you can stick it down in there you know stick your foot on the end of it and dig and actually come up with stuff and remove material rather easily instead of having most of it slide off the shovel or not be able to be kept in the post hole uh digger and you can actually make headway. Nice. I could totally see that. I have spent, unfortunately, quite a bit of time with a post hole digger because we were installing some uh, uh, replacement fence. Oh, fun. Yeah, and uh, this was when I was a kid, pretty much. And, uh, <clears throat> well, let's just put it this way. My, you know, my dad dug a few of them, and then I dug them. And, uh, first of all, digging with a post hole digger, total pain in the ass. I mean, it really, <laughs> Yeah, it is not fun. And in Texas, I, you know, this part of North Texas, clay. But 12 inches down, you have clay, and that's. Yeah, or two inches, depending on, you know, you know where you are. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, you feel kind of like you're more of like a geologist chipping away at rock. Yeah. You know, than a kid with a post hole digger. But water it, wasn't a problem for me, but I could totally see that, you know, if you, especially if you were digging in somewhat soft ground, or if it was wet, that's, that's a great example right there. Right. Know? If it's wet, you're boned. Uh, yeah, a lot of times. Pretty much. So, of course, you're not going to be able to pour concrete anyway. So Right. Uh, but you might need to still dig a hole or, or something like that. And it, it's not only for for doing like post fence, hole type yeah, stuff fences, and fencing right. and everything. But that was the, the, I guess, example that came to everybody's mind. Oh, yeah. You know, where you sure. could illustrate quite easily why you might need this. So uh, useful, although, you know, weird. <laughs> Perfect for Toolmonger. Yeah, it works. <laughs> useful and weird. <laughs> Totally up We're our down. alley. So number two was uh, the, our preview of Stanley's updated sport utility knife. Yeah. This is kind of a love it or hate it type of deal, I found. Um, people seem to be polarized one way or the other with this kind of thing. Well, yeah. I mean, you would be. It's it's one of those tools that's sort of optional. It's not, it's not a targeted, like, you know electricians must own one of these you know it's it's one of those tools it's it's a selective carry it's something that you uh you carry because you want uh each of the tools individually are neat you know right i mean you need a pocket knife you you know in a lot of cases uh, and certainly there are plenty of cases where you need a utility knife but the combination of the two has kind of an interesting market you know it's probably worth mentioning that we actually saw this uh when we were uh up in new england uh, visiting Stanley, and we got to see a whole bunch of pretty cool and interesting uh, yeah. new tools in their yeah. their line. Some of them out on uh, Toolmonger already. Some of them coming out soon uh, on Toolmonger. But <clears throat> this one, the earlier version was interesting as well. It was the first kind of like, hey, what if we put these together kind of idea. And it had like Im all of the worst part of each tool in it. Right. You know, it was essentially like a big old, long, straight, crappy knife. You know, I mean, uh, razor knife, mm -hmm. you know, with a blade in, that sticks out of it. Yeah, it was it was kind of the worst of both worlds. <laughs> and, and the new version is dramatically different. Yeah. If you if you can picture that uh, the slide knife that they came out with like last year or the year before, sure, sure. Um, you know, the, it's got the slide and it's kind of curved and it's small and. And, and a little bit heavier. Well, they stuck right on the side of that, on the other side where the belt clip was, they stuck uh, a pocket knife blade 
Yeah, a, a lockback. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it, it's it's a nice looking rig now. It's a little thicker than you might carry in your pocket, but there are people who I think would apply to this. Like uh, my brother, for instance, works uh, you know retail, and uh, you know at, he's always he's he's stocking sometimes, right? And and sometimes he's stock. I mean, he works retail at a a pharmaceutical type drugstore, and uh, uh, which I won't. Yeah, name, yeah, come on, but. Uh, they're not paying us for advertising so. right so but it, and it requires them to slip boxes open boxes and do stuff and and so, and this is absolutely perfect we actually oh, got yeah. our hands on one did you give him one and i did good did you like uh, it he called me two days late and, and this, this is awesome yeah this is my brother who <laughs> never cares that he has never taken care of a pocket knife in his life you know a man has 15 box cutters on him within his arms reach we need all to shoot time. pictures of his in about two weeks for the for for a hands-on yeah and uh <laughs> this i i need are these out yet I, I need like five of these you know like one for my car Two for me at work, one for when I lose it, and one so that you know somebody can borrow one that I'm not using. You know, that's awesome. It was perfect for him, but um, and and I can honestly think of a lot of people this wouldn't work for as well. Well, yeah, I think when you talk about too big to carry in your pocket, first of all, the old one was too big to carry in your pocket. Yeah, it was one of those like, "Are you happy to see me?" kind of things. Yeah. Now this actually, if you're a bigger type dude, you could probably yeah, you have a bigger I pocket. I mean, I stuck it in my pocket; and it wasn't too bad. Right. It, it's a little big for me. But I think anybody who is willing to carry a, a slide type razor knife would right. carry one of these because it's not much bigger than a standard no. slide type razor. And knife. it's got a good feel to it, but it's not particularly heavy either. Right. And I, I really appreciate that they took the time to make sure that the curvature of it fits your hand for both the knife and the razor knife. I think that's a big deal because the straight bar thing with a little blade sticking out of it does not lend any confidence to using it as a knife. Right. You know, as a standard pocket knife. And and this one, this one totally is fine. Um, I don't cut enough boxes to need to carry one. Yeah. I, you know, I, I but the knife is nice. Yeah, know? I don't so, either, but I think it's very functional. Absolutely. For what it does. And I, I think anybody who actually would carry both on a regular basis probably is going to get a big kick out of this one. yeah yeah I, I i would i would agree with that you know and on the same note i'd like to just interject here that we also saw where we were out there and we haven't written about it yet though we probably need to uh we also saw the newest update of their standard utility knife yes and uh it was really freaking cool I have, uh, and this is no secret, I have always been a big fan of Irwin's, uh, you know, quick slide knife. Uh, right. The silver looking one with the blue uh, uh, rubber, what is Absolutely, it? yeah. TPR, sure. TPS. TPR. Yeah, TPR handle. Um, plastic rubber. That's right. And uh, I always get it, I always <laughs> call it TPS because it's like TPS report and that yeah, just yeah. sticks in my head. But uh, <laughs> No, I've always been a big fan of that, and uh, you know I've been kind of loath to give it up. But uh, we handled one of these uh, new Stanley knives, and the shape is right. The shape is right. Um, I think they're they got a lot of things correct with their their new model, and and I'm kind of anxious to throw it in the the toolbox and see uh, if you know which oh, yeah. one I I start oh, yeah. reaching for after after I have a choice of these two. So. Uh, it, it'll be interesting. Yeah, and they had an interesting feature above and beyond the fact that it's just a good cutting knife, which I always like to start with. Right. Um, <clears throat> which is, if you open the back of it, the Irwin and a lot of others just have like a clip, you know, like a spring clip kind of thing. Yeah, like, that you will slice your yeah, and you, fingerprints off you, you stick off your of. blades in there, and you're supposed to like, and of course the blades are oiled to keep them from Rusting. corroding. yeah. So, you know, you try to pull them out of there with your fingers, and it's it's dangerous as hell. And, uh, of course, forget doing it with a glove. And Stanley tried to address that in the new one, and it has, I can't remember what they call it, but it's this cool little feature where you open the back of the knife, and a little cam mechanism kind of maneuvers the blade storage such that one of the blades slides out. Right. So that you can just grab it and, and load it in. And, uh, you know, I, I wonder whether it's going to hold up to, like, a lot of use. Like, if we open and close that thing, you know, 500 times, <laughs> is it still going to give us a blade? Right. Which happens. I mean, yeah. like your brother. Your brother blows through blades, oh you know? God. He actually has a blade budget. 
I mean, <laughs> the, the man uses a box knife, you know. So, and this Stanley's version is sort of like a reverse magazine feed, you know. <laughs> so it's kind of cool. I, I'm interested to see how well it stands up, but it is like Chuck is saying. It's it's pretty cool. I uh, I was surprised on actually that it did work in the first place, and second, um, it has on the other side of it uh, of the little feed or in the little tray there. It's got one for like a used blade that you don't really want to throw away. You can keep it not with the others, which yeah, is kind of cool. cool. Kind of cool, neat stuff. Sorry to interject there in the middle of the top five, but I just no, it is it is cool. And there's some other stuff that we we got to go through uh, when we. You know, maybe next time or something like that. That uh, oh, that's true. Man, we're real slick that we saw at Stanley. <laughs> I'm personally pretty excited about. It. So anyway, um, uh, I guess we got uh, one left. Yeah, right? number one, the no dog legs allowed. The conduit bender. Right? Yeah, this is like a, a leveling conduit. If, if you've ever bent conduit and had to come to, I guess a straightish kind of of compromise in that, you know, it's <laughs> got kind of a hitch in it, but it. No one will see it. It's behind something. So, I mean, if you have, if you've had to do that, or if you've just flat ruined, con, you know, conduit, uh, which I've done, uh, <laughs> this is kind of a neat concept. If if you if accuracy or relative accuracy is the name of the game here, what it is is basically like a self leveling little or uh, a level deal that you can screw on one side, and you have an, another one on the other end, and you can bend and and make sure that everything's all straight and and good to go and and they come in different colors and stuff so it's <laughs> it's so you can find them in different the toolbox colors, yeah nice. um but you can you can use these to help you know avoid the snake problem you know where it starts looking like a sidewinder you know that has like 50,000 bends in it or something like that uh you can kind of help avoid that with these and they're pretty cheap they're like 15 bucks or something uh so it's it's basically like a little metal machined metal piece that fits over the uh the end of the conduit and it's got a little level a little bubble level in it and everything <laughs> nice so it, they work out pretty well i have never used one because i get so frustrated with conduit i just tie it into a big pretzel throw it away and <laughs> ask somebody else to do get it some more yeah <laughs> <laughs> screw it you know <laughs> or i just use right angles everywhere i <laughs> But that doesn't always work, you know, if you're, you know, actually trying to do something. So uh, these help a little bit with it. It was kind of funny. I, I had a guy out years ago to uh, uh, to run a, a little extension off my uh, off my box in the garage with 220 to run this big ass air compressor that I have and some other stuff. Anyway, um, I, I look for, you know, I just didn't want to do it because I'm a weenie when it comes to, you know, heavy duty yeah power work like uh, that was on the house full house box i didn't want to mess with it so mm-hmm. anyway I, I put it out for some bids and i got one from this guy he sounded like a nice guy so I, he came over and uh, it turns out he was kind of a, a commercial guy who kind of wanted to get out on his own and do a little home stuff for some money on the side right right worked out great what makes me bring this up is uh it, it was a great price he did a, an excellent job i mean we've used yeah, the crap seen out it. of it I mean, it's, yeah. it's great uh, all the time but uh the conduit you'll notice is really incredibly straight. Oh yeah, on the wall, and it took him about eight seconds to do that. I thought he would be. He had one of those flip enders, you know. Oh yeah, and he just looked at it and kind of eyeballed it and went pow, and it was done. I was like, whoa, how do you do that? I guess you do it for like fifteen years, and then you know you get good at it. Mine looks very much like when I wind up doing it. Looks very much like a Dr. Seuss project. (laughs) It kind of comes down a little, and then bends straight, and then goes around this thing that you couldn't like, you you didn't anticipate. Looks almost artful, except for the fact you know it shouldn't have been. You know, (laughs) crooked is not artful. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) it's not a fun time when I do conduit. So anything that can help. Fifteen dollar tool, good call. Yeah, it might be. kind of a cool project in the shop uh, recently um, and I know that the story is already out in terms of the first bit uh, of this but this is our attempt to build a low buck 
shop truck. And we're not talking about like, you know, I'm showing off for my friend's truck. We're not talking about yeah. I got the biggest, baddest ass truck in the world. Uh, I'm not talking about $30,000. Yeah, this is a vehicle that is that we happened upon for a couple hundred bucks and is going to be used largely to haul plywood and drive parts back and forth. For shop work. For shop work, and, exactly. And, you know, we kind of set out thinking, I wonder if we could build, you know, for these guys out there who need a truck just for, you know, either work or maybe for their, you know, hobbies at home. Sure. And and can't go out and spend, you know, 30 grand on a truck or more importantly they can't afford to have a truck be their only vehicle right you know because they're not hauling all the time yeah you don't want to go finance something you just want right. something you can right. make reliable and work for your needs cheap yeah so uh you know we thought it would be fun to try and uh we were kind of spurred along by the fact that we came across this uh, you actually sean came across this uh uh, 1990, 1990 uh, Chevy Silverado, uh, standard cab long bed with a uh, Gen 1 354 tech under the hood. Essentially, what we thought would be, as we, and it's funny because we had discussed this beforehand and uh, before you found the truck, and it, it seemed like that was the place to be. Yeah. Like, uh, that is going to be the cheapest truck we can get with the most commonly available uh, engine and parts. And, uh, you know, it's it's not everybody's favorite truck in terms of uh, not, not you know, versus other models of the time. But, I mean, people tend to like the earlier and later yeah, there models. There are a lot more sexy yeah. vehicles yeah. out there than this. Yeah. And and since we're looking for hauling, not sexy. Yeah. Uh, we know, didn't really care. That was in the zone for us. Yeah. You know? And, uh, of course, scoring one for a couple hundred bucks, even better. Yep. Um, but... You know, we, we there's a post on Toolmonger that kind of shows the condition of the truck, and I guess the best way to describe that is uh, crappy. crappy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty pretty damn ugly. Um, it's uh, it's rough. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, if you haven't read the article, let's just put it this way: the uh, uh, it, it it ran, and Florida. the AC works. This yes. is good. Yes, but uh, blows black smoke most of the time. Uh, blue smoke when you stand on it. Right. Uh, meaning that pretty much everything's bad. Yeah. You know, um, I'm guessing uh, uh, head gaskets and valves and, and, you know, it's got leaks all over. I mean, it's got 235,000 miles on it. It has some issues. The paint's non-existent. Uh, it's peeling off and is actually looks worse than if it had no paint on it almost. And the interior is just trashed. Yeah, it's yeah. gone. Uh, the door panels flop loose and parts of them are missing and, the carpet was black. We discovered it was blue after we scrubbed on it some. Yeah, the dashboard um, is missing most of the screws, so it's got this really awesome rattle wobble going down. <laughs> Constant. Uh, yeah. Cowl shake like a convertible. Yeah, and uh, uh, the you know the the bench seat in it was basically mostly foam, so we had to throw a cheapo seat <laughs> cover on it in the meantime. The exhaust is gone. Yeah, I mean, this is about as rough as you possibly could get it and still be able to drive it home. Yeah, right. You it's know? true. Didn't have to. It is yet to be on a trailer. Yeah, it's nice. Um, I think the only time, hopefully, we're going to trailer it is to the uh, exhaust place because I don't think we're going to be able to uh, to drive that. <laughs> Screw it. Let's just fire it up. Yeah. And drive it there. <laughs> <laughs> Headers yeah. straight, yeah, yeah, straight out to the straight out to the. But uh, no, I mean this this is pretty rough. I mean, it's not like we found it in a junkyard and it's halfway covered with rust. It actually had very little that would rust be on the vehicle. <laughs> um, no, it wouldn't. No, wouldn't. <laughs> I've seen I've seen junkyard trucks that look way better than you this. know. Uh, well, maybe, but uh, they also don't drive home. Most of them, yeah. So, no clean title. Uh, yeah, and this had a clean title. Drove home and and uh, such that it was drove home and everything. So <laughs> drove uh, with he's making you know making little quotes with the fingers. You know, I mean, it, it did, and it actually, it for as as bad off as it was, it actually had some pretty good pickup to it. So, um, <laughs> which is just amazing. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, it was surprising. It was, it goes faster than your Ford at the moment or not at the moment. Yeah, I was going to say, not it, now. I don't you know, know how fast can you push back, it, you know, zero to 60 in seven years. I don't you know. know if that's true. I bet the Ford is as quick. 
You know what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to take them out to the strip. Oh, that's no problem. <laughs> that's no problem. Yeah, but you're bolting on like, you know, I'm bolting on crap. about 30 horses, man. Yeah. I'm going to take we'll you. We'll still do it I'm just done. for fun. It'd oh, be yeah. a good time anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm betting I'm going to take you. <laughs> yeah, after we get done rebuilding the engine completely and oh, dropping yeah. in some extra power. And- yeah, oh, yeah. The gears are... are- I'm out there helping you. I'm like going to help you like kick my ass. It's great. We're friends for, you know, (laughs) exactly. You know, but uh, we're, you know, we, we just finished, uh, and this post is coming out soon, but, uh, we just finished pulling the motor. Oh yeah. And, uh, it was fun. uh, A couple of things, um, a couple of things were interesting. One, uh, metal fatigues after about 18 years, 18, 19 years. Uh, we had some issues with that. You know, a pulley wouldn't want to still has not come off yet. Uh, so we're going to have to find a way to get that a off. A power steering pulley. Just uh, will not come off. It's fused to the shaft. Which means, unfortunately, that the uh, the bracket and everything is, uh, the bolts are behind it. So we're kind of screwing how to do it. Yeah, so we're going to we're gonna figure that out. I mean, we... Uh, there was, I mean, we finally got it out and, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's in rough shape, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, the block's good, but pretty much every, and most of the accessories are okay, but, uh, almost everything else is going to go from the heads up. So, uh, you'll, you'll see some stuff going on with that. Uh, we peeled, uh, just to take a look, we peeled the, uh, intake manifold off and it looks like dragon skin under there. Uh, yeah, it's it's bad. It's pretty bad. So uh, you'll see some stuff coming down the the pipe about that, and uh, it'll be it'll be kind of interesting. But uh, the engine is out, and that was an adventure. Yeah, we'll say yeah, it was. Uh, but hey, you know, uh, not too bad. I mean, it took us a day to do it. Which... We had some friends from Stanley stop by with some True. tools, and uh, uh, that was kind of cool. And it was it was interesting. I think. Uh, it helped the work we put in on the Yukon. I mean, the 95 is a little different, but hell of a lot cleaner. But, you know, it, it's... Uh, <laughs> Would not be difficult. <laughs> but surprisingly similar. I mean, yeah. you know, it took us quite a while to get the Yukon engine out. And uh, it was... it was A lot of things looked very familiar under the hood, you know? Yeah, I mean, there, there's only... There's 11 basic... Once you get all this stuff out of the way and all the fluid strain and everything, there's basically 11 bolts that you have to worry about. Three on the torque converter slash flex plate. Six on the bell housing and two motor mount bolts. Getting those out will take about three to four hours. You know, it and pretty much sucks. Yeah, especially the flex plate. Yeah, now a mechanic can get it. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the a mechanic could do it faster, but you know, if you don't do this every day, it's going to take you three to four hours to get those eleven bolts loose. You know. But on the other hand, I mean, the accessories are, for the most part, pretty easily accessible. Oh, yeah. Um, everything is, there's room in there. I mean, as people will see with the photos, I mean, you can sit in the engine bay with the engine. Yeah. I mean, it's... There, I mean, there's room to work. Yeah. I mean, it's a truck, yeah. you know, and it's a it's a full-size it 1500. It's You can get underneath it without jacking it up. I mean, yeah, there's so a lot of good stuff. It's not there. too bad, you know. Uh, I'd say as vehicles go, it's pretty dang easy to work on. Yeah. it's It's about as easy as I could think of. You know, um, other than, you know, an old, an older, you know, Gen 1 without all the stuff on it. But then you got to deal with vacuum, you know, like 7 million vacuum no lines and you don't have AC I to I can remember, with, but... though, when you were like, you know, totally against fuel injection. And... I'm still kind of half against fuel injection. Yeah, right. Now you're looking, you're like, you know, yeah. this is really awfully simple. <laughs> you know, I just like unbolt this three bolts and it comes off and three bolts and it goes on and you plug it in and it goes well it's a heck of a lot better than that uh the old 454 i have with two carbs and linkage and and <laughs> vacuum and everything i mean it was that was harsh man yeah yeah so this this is much easier um there's not as many vacuum but there's other issues and other difficulties as well so i think it about evens out but uh you know as far as uh uh hooking it back up and you know, less cranky after you're done, this may work out a little bit better. Um, <laughs> I hope so. I hope yeah. so. So we'll, I mean, we'll find out. It's, yeah. It's still moving ahead. It's not like it's going to sit there forever. So uh, no, definitely we, not. we need the work truck. There'll <laughs> be some updates next week. As a matter of fact. So uh, that's, uh, it's, it's still continuing and it's, it's kind of cool. I think uh, we're going to do the, there's a couple more posts that are going to be coming reasonably soon. So check it out.
of GM trucks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, we got our hands on something a little newer than my uh, <laughs> in my ninety model long bed here. <laughs> GM was kind enough to haul us out to Detroit to check out uh, a couple of new items that are uh, are due next year, and uh, you know, it, it was really interesting. There were three main uh, components, three main items that they were kind of featuring. Uh, with this with this ride and drive that we did, and uh, you know the 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 most exciting probably overall most interesting maybe uh, was the 2009 Silverado Hybrid, right? You know, and admittedly, when you think about hybrid, you normally think of Prius. yeah, you think little yeah. cars, yeah. And <clears throat> I was really surprised. My first thought was kind of like you know with the SUV. Uh, the the Tahoe hybrid that they released, I guess, last year, I think it was. Sure. And uh, you thought, okay, so it gets a little better mileage around town, yeah, you know? And because, uh, you know, you could look at it and you say, well, you know, there are other ways you could haul things around, people around, mm-hmm. you know, than that. It's not, you know, the difference between trucks and a lot of other vehicles are that trucks flat do some things that other vehicles do not. Right. I mean, I can find you a vehicle that will theoretically haul the same number of people as a Tahoe. You know, I could find a vehicle with the same internal space as a Tahoe. Now, maybe not the exact same combination thereof, and I'm sure there's some people for whom the Tahoe is absolutely perfect. But, right. But I mean, in most cases, maybe 80%. You could solve it with a car or a minivan or any number of, of, of things that, that just will work for it. But when you got a truck, I mean, you need to be able to throw crap in the back of it, a lot of crap. And you need to be able to haul things. That's mm-hmm. what trucks do that other vehicles do not do. Right. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of funny when you think about it, but when you take something like a Prius and compare it to, I don't know, like maybe a Corolla, there's not a, you know, non-hybrid Prius we can look at. You know, or maybe a better example is to look at like the, the Honda Civic and the standard Civic, you know, the, the hybrid Civic and the standard Civic. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at, you know, going from, and, and I'm not looking these up, so you feel free to tell me if I'm wrong, but it's like 35 miles per gallon for the standard one and, uh, you know, and 40 or something and, and 45, you know, 40, 45 for the, the hybrid. You're taking a vehicle that is already pretty darn fuel efficient. They've pulled the weight. They've done the things that you can do to it to make it efficient. And then they just add the hybrid technology to it and you get a little bit out of it, you know, maybe 20% even, which is quite a bit. But the difference between 35 and 40 doesn't seem as ugly as, you know, the difference between, you know, 15 and 20. And I guess part of it kind of occurred to me that the truck seems like a really natural application for hybrid technology. If it works. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, my, my thinking is, though, that a lot of people, you know, including me, if I didn't have another car, you know, if I wasn't a car head. Right. You know, and just had too damn many cars. You know, I, I think a lot of people drive more truck than they need on a daily basis because they need all of it on a weekend or once a week or once a month or something when they tow a heavy trailer. And there is no replacement for that kind of thing. That's right. You can't say, well, you know, this will be great for all the week, and then, uh, you know, it it won't tow the trailer, so you're screwed. Yeah, if you get one vehicle and it needs to be a truck, then you're screwed for the rest of the time if you don't need all the truck. You have to buy for your max performance. Right. And then suffer the rest of the time. Right. And I'll, I personally, I mean, I, I don't have data to back this up, but I can tell you that a lot of the people I've known, and myself included, have have fallen into that category i think there are a lot of people like that who are driving a truck because they need it every now and then uh for a heavy duty task and then most of the time they're just suffering a good example standard silverado gets 14 19 right Mm -hmm. uh if i remember correctly and that means that you know you bought this thing so you could say you know tow your boat around on the weekend and here you are driving around during the week getting 14 that kind of sucks yeah and uh they uh, showed us the hybrid, which uh, actually they said had an EPA estimated of 2022, meaning that, you know, and, and still had a six liter engine and still retained a 6,000 pound towing capacity. So this is something that you could use to haul pretty big stuff around or reasonably big stuff around. And, you know, and, and when you're not hauling, you actually see a pretty big bump in town. Right. It. 
it's basically as efficient as a lot of smaller cars, you know, or or smaller vehicles. Yeah, vehicles, man. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, let's face it. You can get a lot more mileage if you're just driving around and just hauling four people. There are better ways to do it. But I don't know that there are a whole lot of better ways to haul four people around and then tow a 6,000-pound boat on the weekend. Right. Try doing that with your Camry. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. You know? Yeah. I mean... I mean, it's it's difficult. Not known for their towing capacity. Yeah. So, I mean, we got to do that, though. Yeah, it was cool. We were out there, and we were uh, we were up in Detroit, and we were checking out uh, the vehicles. And they had uh, one of the other reasons. We should go ahead and talk about it. There were two others. There was uh, uh, what they call their XFE package, which is a package that uh, you can get on a standard Silverado for like they didn't know exactly, but they said probably like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, maybe as much as five hundred. Yeah. You know? And uh, it, it gives you a little more fuel economy. They, the, it was kind of their answer to what could we do to increase fuel economy without actually giving anything else up. And so they did some things like uh, they lowered it. I believe it was like 17 or 18 millimeters. Uh, they You don't really see it looking at it, which is funny because that's a pretty big chunk. But um, Yeah, but you can hide that over the course of six feet yeah, it's and, true. and still be okay. They lowered um, it a bit. They they modified the front, uh, the nose of it a tiny bit to, with a they, lower air dam to clean up the airflow. They put a lower air dam. Yeah, they put a tonneau cover on it. Yeah, the uh, tonneau cover is something that's kind of funny because you know a lot of people are doing that anyway. Right. Um, they used aluminum in different places like the wheels and the block and everything that, that is a little bit. So you wind up saving about 150 pounds and make it a little less, you a, know. A little less dirty aerodynamically. Right. And you end up with a mile a gallon. On each side. 15, so 20 instead 15, of 20 instead 14, 14 19. 19. Yeah. Uh, on one hand, it's not a lot, but on the other hand, I mean, neither is 500 bucks. Yeah. And it actually looked kind of cool. And over the life of the truck, <laughs> will it pay for itself? You know, I might if you drive enough. And Yeah, I mean, because you don't have to come up with 500 bucks. I mean, And you're financing 30 grand plus <laughs> anyway, so yeah, an extra so the, 500 So the quarter bucks. a buck or so, the quarter a month or whatever it'll cost you, yeah, what the hell? Really if you want it, you might as well get it. really isn't that big a deal. And you get some extra stuff with it and, and you know... Quite frankly, it kind of looks cool. So, I'm, <laughs> all good things. I, I'm down with all that. So, and and the other thing is that as a part of all this, they they started putting their 6L80 transmission, the six speed automatic uh, that they had put in SUVs last year, is now going in the truck. And uh, part of the whole getting the mileage deal out of the XFE package was using the six speed uh, with a 308 rear end and just essentially reprogramming the six speed to make it feel and tow better than it would just with the with the rear end you know with the 411 that they normally have yeah so you know you end up with this this vehicle that gets a little better mileage the one thing that's kind of funny is i think a lot of people underestimate what difference you can make reprogramming a transmission i would have until we threw that transmission controller in the project yukon a while back and it's a different animal you can hook the laptop up and make that thing act entirely different feel different you know, totally different. Yeah, shift different, pull different. I mean, it just feels like a different vehicle. Because oh, yeah. at that point, it kind of is. So, yeah, not surprising to me in the least that they could reprogram it yeah. a bit. And-, and, you know, the XFE, for what it's worth, I stuck my foot in it a couple times. And, you know, we, we kind of charged around town and, and everything. And I was a little leery of the 308 uh, gears. And you know what? It's okay. It was. It felt fine. It felt torquey on the low end, and it would, you know, sit and get. So I, I had no problem with that. In other words, it does well with the butt dyno. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about the track, but you know what? Who the hell takes their truck except us later to yeah, the track? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, say, only idiots careful, take their yeah. truck to only the track. Only stupid. Wait a minute. No, <laughs> that's true. I, I'll go with that. But yeah, but no, it's fine. That is not the point. You yeah. Know? I mean... If it was dog ass driving it around, I could see that's a problem, but it wasn't. I mean, no, it it was perfectly fine. It felt like almost any other truck of that size and caliber that you would drive, except it got a little bit better gas mileage um, and was a little cooler, a little lower. Pretty good deal. I'm going to say that's fine. Well, you're, and I know you're writing about it. I got a post coming out about it. So, yeah. And well, anyway, they had this, this uh, 20 foot Sea Ray boat sitting around. Uh, which they had intended for use with <laughs> the XFE and some of the others to, to show what the six speed was like towing. And of course, you know, our first thought was, is, hey, hook it up to the hybrid. <laughs> and there was this kind of little buzz over in the corner. And the, <laughs> they're like, uh, thankfully, the and I, I feel so horrible. I can't remember his name, but uh, uh, 
one of the engineers on the project over was like, oh, yeah, hook it up. It's fine, you know? Carl Hildebrand? No, he was, yeah, well, he was the uh, uh, the, the Silverado uh, product manager. But the engineer, uh, oh, the, the yes. road with us earlier in yes. the hybrid actually was like, yeah, hell yeah, hook it up and be oh, fine. I told him to do it. And uh, so they did. They hooked it up, and we went to and around town with this with this boat out back in the hybrid. I was really surprised. I mean, I I really wish I had brought our audio gear. We did bring video, and we shot some video, but the audio on the video is well, it's bad. So I wish I'd brought my auto audio gear along now. You know, because it was cool to hear it. I mean, I know it's or not hear it in right. Some you know, <laughs> and it's I know that the fascination with the Prius. Oh, it's so quiet when it's under you know battery. That's one thing. But when you're talking about towing a boat under battery. I don't know. That's more impressive to me. It just, it, it definitely, like you could hear the spring squeaking and the trailer flexing and stuff. Because... And you couldn't hear the truck. <laughs> yeah. You're funny, standing you know? right next to it, and I, I would have sworn that thing was Ooh, it not just pulls away. Running. And it just, yeah. Like a golf cart, you know? Yeah. And uh, you, you hear this, the trailer squeaking more than you do the truck, you know? And, <laughs> and that was kind of funky. I was not ready for that. I'll tell you uh, another thing that I hadn't really thought about, and I know this is probably old hat to to heavy hybrid people, but I had actually uh, I was surprised that the AC kept running when the engine shut off when we were stopping. Yeah, and uh, you know it's actually the the compressor is actually driven by an electric motor as well. Sure. And uh, same thing with power steering. So you know you still have power steering, full power steering authority yeah. when you're under battery power. But uh, and I suppose we should talk tech for a second in case anybody's not really paying attention to this or hasn't thought about hybrids before because they didn't want a stupid car you know right um the way hybrids work is that they recover energy from uh from braking and coasting you know you have all this energy in the vehicle that you're cruising along potential energy you know and it's converted to uh you know it's converted usually to heat when you stop with brakes well uh the the hybrid has a brake-by-wire system. It's pretty weird, actually. When you push on the pedal, uh, you know, the computer figures out whether to use the generators to take some of that energy or to use the hydraulic brakes or both. And so whenever you hit the brakes, you're charging the batteries. And uh, whenever you're cruising along and you let off the gas and you're kind of coasting, it also charges the batteries a bit. So uh, then you take that energy and plug it back in so that, like, when you're sitting still, the engine will stop, which is kind of weird, but... You know, if you just ignore the gauge and just go, you really wouldn't notice that much. Yeah, if you turn up the radio and and turn off the little screen, it's it's not you really a, yeah. You wouldn't really know what's going on. The truck will just do its thing, and it doesn't feel any different. Yeah, and the screen he's talking about is like a nav screen. Uh, you know where the nav screen would be. Uh, you can you can control the radio and crap, or you can also put it in this mode where it has a little picture of wheels and a motor and. And electric battery. motors and a battery and crap. Yeah. And, you can see and it what it's tells doing. you what it's doing, you know, yeah. just like, like the Prius. It tells you, oh, you know, I'm in auto stop, which is what they call it when you're sitting still and it just shuts the engine off. Uh, or battery mode where it's running solely on battery or hybrid where it's uh, the, the motor's running and the, uh, the engine is running and the engine is providing some power and it's being supplemented by the, uh, by the electric motors. Uh, and there's some crazy planetary gear system that that allows it to mix the power, and uh, then there's engine mode where it's just plain old like a truck pulling right. the engine, which is why they call it a two mode hybrid. Yeah, well, yeah, they called it the two mode because they said there were two motors, right? And uh, they were trying to, you know, apparently a lot of hybrids, uh, all hybrids, including this one, even to some extent, uh, are far better in town because in town you're stopping going and you're you're uh you're braking a lot so you're charging the batteries quite a bit sure uh so what they did is they optimized each of these motors for different purposes one is optimized for city use and the other is optimized for highway or higher speed use and uh, it's still not going to give you the same benefit because you're not storing any energy you're only using it right but uh, a couple of things kind of conspire to make it better one is the uh the second uh, motor which is optimized for those high speed that high speed driving higher speed driving and then two is that it also has that advanced fuel management system that's pretty much standard now uh in the in these trucks which is kind of the old uh the modern update of the old four six you know uh eight, eight six four mm-hmm. system you know where essentially it shuts down cylinders when you don't need them so it turns into a, a v6 or even a v4 uh, and as the engineers were telling us uh, there's some pretty significant advantage in the combination of that with the hybrid because, you know, even if you're still in a, a hybrid mode, 
uh, and the engine's running, you know, that little bit of power from the motor on the highway might allow you to put it in, might allow the computer to put it in V6 or V4 mode when it wouldn't otherwise. Right. So. Kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, pretty neat stuff. I mean, practically drives fine, tows fine. I mean, that it still tows 6,000 pounds and uh, why not? I mean, when you're in engine mode, it's a six liter truck. Yeah. You know? So I mean, it it feels like any other truck. It's a little weird if you're if you're if you're going from a stop and you just floor it. Um, you can feel the transitions. You a can feel bit. the transitions. It'll it'll kind of lug down a little bit and then hit come it. on strong. Yeah, come on strong. I I don't think it's really a problem, but it's a little weird. Yeah, I mean, if you lived at the drag strip, you'd be screwed. Yeah, but you know <laughs> who does that with a hybrid truck? Other yeah, than, I mean, again, other than us, I'll tell you, just driving it normally. You know, around town and yeah. with the boat, I yeah. pff, I wouldn't have known if I wasn't watching. Right, and uh, there's a neat little gauge. Oh yeah, the efficiency uh, gauge. Yeah, and it, it's neat. It, if you keep it at the twelve o'clock position or or as close to the twelve o'clock position as you can, the more efficient it is. You know, so it's kind of a neat little easy you know head check gauge for okay, how am I doing? You yeah. Know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> which they, in my, you know what they should do? They should put a they should they should have an LED or an LCD display with like dollars. Yeah. You plug in like the price of gas, and it just shows you how much it cost you to do what you just did. You just spent a quarter to get in front of that guy. Yeah, well, the problem is, I'd be like, and it was worth it. You know, you I'm, would. Too. I'm an awful example of that. It's that is not that is not something I need. You know, it's kind of funny though. It's not like a mechanical gauge. Like I mean, when you back in the day, you remember the vacuum gauges that were essentially, oh, yeah. You know, when it pulled vacuum, you were you were. You know, you were on it. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, they just had a vacuum gauge. It was efficiency. Now, this is actually a computer controlled gauge that like uh, the computer takes every all this crap into account and then mm-hmm. tells you how how you're you know, doing, how you're doing. And yeah. it can swing one way or the other. So and it, you can't actually drive at it. You know, I tried. You oh, know, yeah? Like you'd be cruising along and you'd realize that you had your foot in it a little bit and it was in a higher gear and you weren't really going a lot faster. And you'd see it kind of edge over, and you'd back off a little, and you wouldn't really slow down much, you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of one of those, if you kind of... return to the 12 o'clock? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, what the hell? I mean, I essentially didn't really give anything up, and I, you know, I got a half a penny or something. For Although I... For uh, my, my uh, uh, pious action. <laughs> I do have to say, the uh, when we were driving back uh, from Detroit to the airport, uh, we were in... <laughs> a Tahoe hybrid. One of those Tahoe hybrids, and, and the guy who was driving drove... We're going about an 85. like I do. <laughs> I'll just say he, he drives... pegged over on the road. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's he drives a lot like me. He had his foot in it the entire time, and it's just that the efficiency thing is just slammed all the way to the right side. I'm like, okay, so that's what had happened if I was driving. All right, yeah, cool. I, for what it's worth, I pointed that out in my post uh, today, too, which was that... Uh, I don't know if you saw that, but if, you know, if you're... Uh, your mileage may vary, I said quite literally. Uh, you know, if you are light on it and careful, you might see more than the 2022. Uh, and if you're Sean, you're probably <laughs> going to see a lot less. A lot less. You know? Oh, you, yeah. <laughs> it would just be expensive to haul the batteries around. They're yeah. wasted on you. Oh, yeah. I, I just, I'm just i actually more interested in the exit because it was funny when we were divvying up the writing. He's like, oh, I want to write about the hybrid. I'm like, yeah, I think the XFE is probably more my speed. <laughs> you know? They they made it pretty much Sean proof. They did everything they could that would make it so I had to have some gas savings. You know, just a little. We're gonna lower <laughs> it. We're gonna take some weight off. We're gonna do all this stuff, and it's gonna be fine because no one, even even you, are not gonna be able to screw this up. You know, <laughs> I'm into that. That's that's okay. I'm down with that. Yeah. So anyway, thanks again to GM for giving us the opportunity to check them out and hauling us out to Detroit and. Uh, uh, and interesting stuff, you know. Uh, will this be something that you will buy next year? Well, I don't know. You know, Who knows? It's, uh, I think the XFE option definitely. It's something that, you know, unless the price of it goes dramatically higher than what they suggested to us, uh, what the hell? You know, you're not really giving much up, and you get a little bit back, and plus you get kind of a cool tonneau right from the factory. It has a bow tie in the middle of it. Where were I by financing a thirty thousand dollar truck? I would actually. Seek that package out? Yeah, I would. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I would. Um, Interesting. I like the six-speed. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no. again, I, you're not really giving anything up. Yeah, I, I I was impressed with both of them for different reasons. So I, I actually was kind of a fan. Um, you know, will this pan out? I don't know. Is it earth-shaking? Eh, 
maybe well, not. But what it really comes down to is how much is it going to cost? And with the hybrid, I mean, uh, they didn't know at the time how much it was going to cost, uh, but they said that it would likely be yeah. less than the difference in the SUVs. We're guessing maybe three or four grand. Um, if that's the case, uh, I think it really depends on a lot of factors. I mean, when we asked, they indicated that this is something that is likely to see a lot of fleet use. Yeah, you know, um, I could see that though. Me too. I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but the the city of Frisco, Texas, has uh, a whole bunch of Priuses that they're running around in. But I noticed that uh, they have a whole bunch of trucks too, because guess what? You can't really haul crap in a Prius. So yeah, my guess is uh, they'll probably have some. You know, they'll they jump right on that. I'll I guess I'll be paying for one next year, <laughs> one way or the other. It's <laughs> great. Um, but. You know, I, I really hope that, that enough people buy these type of vehicles from all manufacturers such that, you know, they become a little bit uh, more, you know, reasonable price-wise for somebody like me. I think if you lived in a state where you got the uh, the big, you know, uh, tax credit for hybrids, if you got an offsetting tax credit, that'd be a no-brainer, especially if you're going to lease. Like, I mean, uh, if you put this in the package for me for, say, a four-year lease and uh, and an offsetting tax credit for the difference man i'm all over it there would be no reason at that point not to <laughs> right. have one right you don't yeah. have to worry about the problems of long-term value you don't have to worry about you know the additional cost what the hell and yeah. hey you could always drive in the uh you know in the carpool lane yeah that's kind of a win all the way around if, if those <laughs> if all those factors lined up that would be a no-brainer otherwise you know you know use your head and see if you need it but or see if you'd like to do that but uh you know they're they're making some options out there for you, both the hybrid and the XFE. So I found that enjoyable and cool. Nice that they're concerned. Yeah, I am interested to see the competition. You know, uh, the the 900 series release for for uh, Chevrolet already on the market for a while, and uh, you know for we we haven't seen all the other manufacturers stepping up yet, and it'll be interesting to see what competition there is for this. Yeah, I think you're going to start seeing less of the Hemi, you know, <laughs> powered packages and uh, and everything, and and start leaning more towards this. And and Chevy's already got a lot of it, or GM has already got a lot of it figured out. So or at least their first initial salvo into this area, uh, which I think puts them a little further than some people might expect. Uh, Competition is good, but yeah, we got uh, the next <laughs> couple months. We got other stuff coming down, so uh, it'd be kind of fun to see. Well, uh, do you have anything else for this week, or? Uh, no, I, I got to get busy writing. Uh, I owe, <laughs> uh, as I said, I owe everybody some posts and stuff, so uh, we'll we'll start doing that. Awesome. Well, we'll see y'all next week.